Welcome to The Lead. I'm Nate Bramble. On today's episode of The Lead, we talk with Matt Kepner, a Grady College graduate and business columnist for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Kepner began his career writing for the Gwinnett Daily News and became a staff writer at the AJC in 1993. Since then, he has crafted a 25-year career at the AJC, covering a variety of beats, including business, technology, and energy. Since 2015, he runs his own column, Kempner's Unofficial Business. In this episode, I talk with Matt Kempner about how to cover a beat that you aren't familiar with. We also talk about how he was able to evolve as a reporter and maintain a long career with one publication. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership as part of its Innovation Fellowship Program. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. So just to start off, just wanted to get a little bit of a rundown of your your portfolio, a little bit of just what you've done for uh, viewers who may not know. Uh, so I went to the University of Georgia back in the day in the uh, early to mid-80s, which means I'm very old. Uh, and uh, I was a journalism student here. I think I graduated with a degree. I'm pretty sure I graduated with a degree in media management and a business minor. I got to study under the great uh, Conrad Fink, who was a professor here back in the day. And I decided I wanted to go into local news. And that's what I did as a, as a news reporter. I did an internship at um, what was then a very new network called CNN. This was long before Fox News or MSNBC or any of that other stuff. And I did internships at local publications. Broke some news, national news stories while I was here, which goes to something that uh, one of the professors here told me about how you, anybody can essentially do anything. You, you have all the tools that you need to do great reporting. Anyway, I went on and uh, worked at uh, other newspapers and eventually came down and worked at uh, a paper that no longer exists, the Gwinnett Daily News, that was owned by the New York Times. It was one of the great newspaper battles of the last 50 years, at least, where it went head-to-head with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Bad news, my side lost. (laughs) And uh, eventually I went over to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I've covered lots and lots of things over my career, everything from uh, local government. I was an environmental reporter, focused on different areas of business, business investigations, uh, development, and ultimately I became a public editor for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, became the business editor of the paper, and started writing columns. And uh, the kind of column I'm working on now I've been doing for two or three years. I'm a business columnist there, and I write about Anything that looks important or fun to write about that has to do with business, money, and careers. And I try to make it about something that isn't just uh, appealing to traditional business readers, but also to general readers. You talked about reporting for essentially since you got out of school. When you were in Grady College, did you know that you wanted to end up covering mostly business? Or was that something that developed as you went on in your career? Uh, Yeah, that definitely uh, developed later. As a matter of fact, I concluded, I think around the time that I was at Grady, that there were two things I did not want to cover. One was sports, even though I love sports, 
But I just thought, mm, sports journalism doesn't look interesting enough to me. And business, I said, I never want to cover that. Obviously, I've changed. Part of it is me understanding more about business, and part of it is I think the way you can cover business has changed dramatically. In fact, with business reporting, there's just, a, there's just everything there is in every other kind of reporting. There's tension and emotion and real-life things that are going on. I mean, this is real-world stuff that affects a lot of life. Anyway, when I was here, I was not really focused on business, but that came later. Something I'm interested in, you talked about at the core of every beat is a story of tensions of one side and another. So journalists should be able to cover anything. But I feel like I would have assumed going into your career, you had a lot of background knowledge of all these businesses. And what advice would you have to students who may not even know yet what beat that they want to cover? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in all journalism, including today as a columnist, I write about a very wide variety of things. But in plenty of cases, I'm learning every day. That's the joy of reporting is I get to learn stuff every single day from smart people. And I get to ask questions. It's a license to ask questions. What greater license is there than that? But to be a good reporter, I think, you have to have a lot of curiosity you got to have a lot of confidence that you can figure some things out. And then you have to have a lot of humility to know that you don't know everything. That as smart as your questions are, you have to really be a good listener. I can tell you that one of the most important moments that I ever had as a reporter was in my very first, you know, I think it was actually on an internship at a small newspaper. And I had just started my very first day there. And the editor one of these old grizzled editors smoking in his uh, his office. Governor, there's something uh, I want you to cover. The county executive of a very large county is speaking on something, and I want you to get out there and, and see what that's about. And by the way, I think it's almost over. So I had no idea what was going on. I rush out. I get there. The, the thing is, in fact, over by the time I get there. I have no idea what the guy's even talking about. I, I go up to the CEO and I say, hey, can you help out my readers and give me a sense of what are the most important things that you sort of chatted about today that they, they really need to know? And there were a crowd of business guys around the CEO as he talked to me, and he said, that's not my job. That's your job. You need to know what you're doing. And you need to know, figure out what's the important thing. It was a humiliating experience, and it was probably one of the best experiences I had as a reporter because I can tell you, you learn from those things. And one of the things I learned was be prepared. If you only have a few moments before you're out on something, think about what are the questions that you should ask. What are the questions your readers are going to be confused by? If you don't know what thing you're about to go cover is, then think about the person that you're about to talk to. What would they know that is the thing you desperately need to get answered? And I was just curious, as you're talking about that, you said as you graduated, you wanted to work for regional news or regional publications. Local, yeah. Local publications, local news. To you, what's the importance of that? Well, it's the stuff that's happening closest to home to you. It's the stuff that's happening to your neighbors, the business down the street. It affects the landscape and terrain around you. It affects your job possibilities in the future. What really matters to a lot of people is, are they going to be able to get a job next year? or have a job next month in their own community. What kinds of things are available or will be available in the future? As you get older, what, what things are going to be available for your kids? All those things are all about very local stuff that cannot be answered just by a broader look at the national or global economy. 
in today's current climate, would you have any advice for some students who may be afraid of that current climate of going into local news? It is hard to know what the future is going to hold. It's, it's painfully obvious to people that the past is not the present. But I don't know if people also make the leap that the present is not the future. And that's important to keep in mind because we don't exactly know where things are going to go. And there will be things that will turn out to be harder and more difficult than we anticipated. But there will be opportunities that open up as well. And there may well be fewer actual full-time paying positions. But I, I tend to think that there are going to be gaps and openings. And for the people who really want to try, there's going to be options there. People are going to want information or opinion in any way that they can get it. It's smart to be nimble. It's smart to be careful. But we don't have to be quaking uh, with fear at the uncertainty of what's ahead. So I was looking through your LinkedIn profile a little bit and was just struck with the fact that you, you've been able to stay with one news organization for a very long period of time, especially in an industry that is changing so rapidly. I was just curious of advice you had and just a little bit of your insight of how are you able to continuously evolve to be able to go from where you were back when you first started the AJC to where you are today? I would not have guessed it would turn out this way, particularly when we were going through some of the hardest, the industry was going through the most dramatic and drastic cuts. I don't know how many people would say, okay, or I'm going to be here in five years, but things open up. There's, there are options. Things don't sort of just disappear overnight. I looked for opportunities and some opportunities just came to me. This column, for example, was something that I was asked to jump in on. And it's not necessarily the first thing that I would have thought of. I'm very glad I did it. This is a great gig. I talked about being nimble. It's being open to opportunities, being willing to change. But for reporters, the job has changed dramatically, though some of the same pillars of what was important, be able to write, be able to ask smart questions, be able to hustle and be aggressive. Those are still some of the most important things. But how we package it, how we do it has changed. The hours we work has changed. And I don't think I answered well enough a question that you asked earlier, which was how do you take that first step when you're starting somewhere? Maybe you get a job on a beat that you don't know as much about. I try to do an awful lot of reading from a variety of sources. I try to interview a lot of people to make sure that I'm understanding the root of whatever it is that I'm writing about. There are a lot of people who are willing to help you out in the world of business. There are business executives who will sit down and want people to understand what it is that they do. You can find that in the world of whatever you're covering, local government, the environment, sports teams, understanding what are not just the surface level stats, but what are the deeper things that influence where that part of the world is going to go. That's certainly such a key part of it is the humility and the ability to understand you don't know everything and that desire to research. And so that's about all. Uh, my last question on a little bit of a lighter note, I just wanted to know quickly your opinions on UGA's recent number one recruiting class. Um, <laughs> and if you had any no insight that. Oof, oof. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? It's sort of a little embarrassing, right? Just how good the class looks. Who knows? Uh, who knows how they'll all turn out? These are all human beings who have all the faults and frailties of the rest of us. But it's it's cool to think of it right at, at the front. It also does make me feel a little guilty, almost, right? Like like we've stacked the deck more than uh, more than uh, other colleges have. But uh, it's great that they 
want to be at UGA. I found it really interesting on your column where you talk about the impact that the national championship had on UGA, not only on the football program, but the number of students that are applying, just the business as a whole of the university. Well, it's a nuanced thing. That's the hope, right, Mm -hmm. that it will happen that way. But actually, some of the UGA folks and some I actually spoke to a couple researchers, they say it makes a difference. But we're not talking about a um, massive difference. But, you know, a couple percentage points difference is not a bad thing at a giant university. Those are those are numbers that can be meaningful. Matt, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. Great to have you back here at UGA. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for listening to The Lead Podcast. This episode was produced by Nate Brammel and Noel Lashley with the help of Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more episodes, find us on Twitter at The Lead Podcast.